T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Listening to Zach Zaidman and Tom Thayer on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We've got a phone number. Feel free to use it and join us at 312 644 6767. That's the phone number in for Mully and Haw this morning until 10 o'clock coming up. Oh, in about 45 minutes from right now, we will talk with Bears beat writer. Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic at 8.20 will visit with Pete Bursich. He's the Vikings radio color commentator. And the reason that we're going to talk to Pete Bursich is because he can give us uh, an inside look as to what makes the new president of the Bears tick, Kevin Warren. Press conference tomorrow at Hallis Hall. It really is a new era with the Bears. And Tom, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that this is the most qualified executive that the Bears have hired since Jim Finks, who also came from Minnesota, was part of the Bears front office back in the day, and he's largely credited for assembling the group that led to the championship in 1985. Yeah, but you know, you look at the experiences that Kevin has had throughout his business life. You know, it's you know when when so when when Ted Phillips came aboard, you know, he was kind of the capologist guy with the Bears, and then L, then worked his way up to the presidency, and then all the different details that have happened to the Bears since he came aboard. But when you look at Kevin. You know, being involved with other NFL teams and being around that working atmosphere of the organizations that were on the way up a team like Minnesota that you know the construction of the stadium and everything that they've went through and then having the experiences to be around college football over the last couple years and you know the role of college football into the in how it supports the NFL and everything where the Big Ten stands right now you know when I was a kid growing up and you know you thought about um playing college football and you know we were raised around the Big Ten being from Joliet Illinois and you thought about the Big Ten that's what they were and now you look at what the Big Ten is it's a completely different organization than what it was when I was a kid it's a coast-to-coast conference right and and I'm so surprised by that because it's not you know like when Rutgers and Maryland and stuff came aboard I never thought as a kid or as a guy that when I went to college and we played Notre Dame and we played USC every year, it seemed like such a far 
distance when you know they would come to South Bend in the middle of the year or we would go to USC at the end of the year. But to think of those guys, UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, it's amazing. So um, I admire what with not in knowing not knowing Kevin at all, but I admire what he's been able to do, what he's been able to accomplish. And and people can't look and say, oh, you know, college football is out of control. It's not. College football is what it is at this point in life. And if you just sit there and always say, oh, it's out of control and don't do anything about it, then you're just you're getting left behind. So I admire what his experiences have been in his work life. I admire what he's been able to do at the Big Ten, but now, like never before, as a Bears alumni, a season ticket holder, and a broadcaster, I'm excited for what he could do to this team in a short amount of time. Given where they're at, positioned in the draft, what they have with Justin Fields, and I think um, you know, I, I like what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have the opportunity to do in the future. Big picture, the Bears are 82-120. and 120 since George McCaskey became chairman. Now he's going to be leaning on Kevin Warren as the top business and football man in the organization. Now, while he's not the guy that's in charge of the the football selection, if you will, the, the selection of football players, he is the man that Ryan Poles is going to have to run things by in order to get stuff done. So as a Bears alumnus. You know the inner workings of Hallis Hall better than anybody. And how do you get this guy up to speed to be able to take the Bears from what they've been to that next level as an organization where the infrastructure for success will be in place? I don't necessarily think you're going to have to bring Kevin up to speed because of all of his experience that he's had so far in his work life. He's just going to have to become familiar with Hallis Hall, with the working staff that he's going to be working besides. Um, get to you know know Ryan Poles a little bit better in how he sees, evaluates talent. Understand how are you going to distribute the dollars that you have available to you because that you know that's huge also. And how do you generate more revenue? you in order to be able to spend more not necessarily on on players because there's there's a cap so there's a a limited amount that you can spend when it comes to player salary but there's so many other areas where you can invest to help make the football team better well, you know, the whole Arlington Park deal is an investment in the Bears. So because he's had that experience already with the Minnesota Vikings when they built the new stadium in Minnesota, which to me is one of the most beautiful stadiums in all the Correct. NFL. It's, it's a jewel. It, yeah. it is just – it's perfect. So, you know – so, you know, Ryan and Matt and those guys, they don't have the experiences of how do you include a new stadium into being one of the building blocks of the future of the organization. So that's something that Kevin Warren can bring these guys up to speed. And then, Kevin, I, I know that he walked around Hallis Hall the other day and what kind of got became familiar with the new campuses at Hallis Hall because it's not a facility. It's a campus. When you look at everything they have to offer you, so – I, I, I got to believe a, he's going to be a guy that's going to go, you know, full, you know, full into the job and get an understanding of everything that he's been able to experience and now how it fits into getting the Bears 
uh, pointed in the right direction. I laugh sometimes because I, I, I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard the reports too, that he didn't get along. Kevin Warren didn't get along with everybody in the Big Ten. There were some school presidents who didn't like him. They were really angry. When he, when he first took over, it was right as COVID started to uh, wreak havoc uh, around the world, and, and he essentially canceled the Big Ten football season and made a lot of people angry, both right. in the athletic departments and, and the universities. So, And he hadn't met a lot of these people face-to-face because he had just taken over. What it tells me, though, and this is the reason, uh, if you're able to make a tough decision and live with the consequences— that's the perfect guy to be a team president. But but there is no example. There's there like is no, no blueprint. Th- right. Yeah. There's there there is no template of what you do during a pandemic and you're in control of a major football conference because the, the, we no one knew what to do and so uh, a lot of the decisions that these people were making in a lot of different businesses in a lot of different ways were for first time. You know, for for us broadcasting the Bears game. From a studio, no one's ever done that before. But you have to do that for the first time. So, I don't frown upon Kevin's decision to cancel the Big Ten season because what it did is it it started a conversation of what they do, so we don't have to cancel the season, and then get some guys or committees organized in the right direction to how can we salvage everything. And I don't think the Big Ten is worse off. For that decision he made, it's just that they had to figure out what to what to do instead. And he made the Big Ten much more profitable. He leaves the Big Ten better than he found it. Right. When you add USC and UCLA, and I know the old school thinking is going to be, well, they don't look like Big Ten teams. But you know what? It's bigger than that now. College sports is a huge business. It It is about producing content. It is about making sure eyeballs are watching your product. And from coast to coast, from the, the two biggest markets in the country, New York, Los Angeles, and here in Chicago, you've got the entire country focused in on the Big Ten. And you know what the SEC is. They say it, it means more. Well, he's made the Big Ten bigger than what it was before he took over. Well, so the next leader of the Big Ten, can they try to accomplish what Michigan and Ohio State couldn't, where they got into the college football playoff and they both look very average doing so? And then you think about what TCU, how much they lost by to Georgia and after they beat Michigan. So the Big Ten still has an uphill battle. If they're going to get respected in the national markets of the SEC and some of the, some of those opponents. So, uh, you know, it's going to, you know, because from Kevin's standpoint, you can watch the Bears from right now to a, a period of time that he's in charge. Mm-hmm. Or you can watch the Big Ten from the second he leaves the Big Ten to where the Big Ten is in a couple years. Are they struggling to put people in the seats? Are they struggling to identify themselves as a, as a, on a national stage where they can go in there and compete with these SEC, SEC teams? Or are they still you know, part of the college football playoff just waiting to get beat in the championships? Yeah, I, and I think... These are the things that you look at, and and there's a whole discussion to be had in how this impacts the Big Ten, right? Because he did such a great job uh, of of raising the profile of that conference, making that conference money. I mean, record breaking television deals as well for for the Big Ten. So I I think when you look at the landscape of college sports, you know, you ask the question: Can you compete with the SEC? I think it's hard because. 
the the best talent, the best football talent in America, for the most part, is located in SEC territory. However, with this new landscape of college sports and the NIL, can you can you generate enough revenue where, hey, we're going to dangle the, the the NIL deals up here in in Big Ten country, make it worthwhile for you to leave Florida, Texas, California to come here. And I think the fact that you have the two California, the two Southern California teams in the Big Ten. Now, if you're a, a great player who might not be at USC or UCLA, but maybe you, you now decide to come here to this area of the country because you know you're going to be home every now and then. You know, you know one thing about the Big Ten is they have to make um, their mediocre teams much better. It can't always be Ohio State, Michigan, and wh- you know what are they going to? Where are they going to be at the end of the season? And then what bowl game are they going to go to? Are they going to be able to get into a college playoff championship? I think you got to still have your intentions in making the whole Big Ten better. You can't always have. You know, the the teams that are in the bottom rung maybe always be in the bottom rung and be satisfied with that is how can you increase the teams that haven't been so good, increase their profile moving forward and make them a better team. So rather than having every kid that's recruitable go to the SEC, now maybe you start distributing talents because the Big Ten gets a better reputation from top to bottom. Yeah, can Rutgers be a, a, a competitive football team? Right. Can Maryland be a competitive football and, team? You know, and Illinois did a nice job yeah. this year. You know, they kind of got more on the national stage and gained a little bit more respect. And you see what they do going forward. And you see if Pat Fitzgerald can get Northwestern back in the places that they were accustomed to in the last couple of years. All right, now back to the Bears. So Bears. I, I think I think that when I when I look at Kevin Warren and I think of the criticism that Ted Phillips used to take because you'd always hear it like, oh man, you can't have a guy who doesn't have quote unquote football experience making these big football decisions. So what changes? What does having a guy who has worked with the Rams, the Lions, spearheaded a stadium project with the Vikings, and run an entire league in the Big Ten, what does he bring that hasn't been here? You know, tons of just football conversation, football experience. You know, some of the conversations he's had in Detroit or Minnesota or wherever – if you're talking about business, you have to take an understanding of what the business approach is, what you're trying to learn. If you're talking about a talent and how to spend money, then you also have been around those experiences also. But then you have to make sure you have the right pieces in place, you know, your Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, to make sure that you're also trusting their decision-making and the, the, what they go through in the processes to bring in talent. You know, one thing about Kevin – should feel really confident in Ryan Poles is because when you look at this past draft and doing the draft show and, you know, they draft Jaquan Brisker and they draft Kyler Gordon and they immediately anoint these guys as starters from the moment they got drafted. Mm -hmm. And then for these guys to be able to come in, fulfill the commitment that Ryan Poles has already placed on them, and then – they live up to the expectations. They get better as the season goes, and now you're super excited about what these guys can do in the future. So, you know, Kevin has to give the respect to Ryan Poles and ever all the time that he's invested in earning his opportunity, just like he does to Matt. But it's also these guys have to give Kevin the respect he deserves because 
of, you know, like Clyde Emmerich always used to say, knowledge earned is greater than knowledge learned. And I think Kevin Warren has earned all the, uh, the all the experiences and the opportunity that has been presented to him. He's earned it. He's not just learned it. I think when you work with three different ownership groups, when you see the way three completely different teams at different points in time have functioned, when you have to get uh, a whole league together where you know everyone has competing interests, right? Right. I, I think that helps when you come to an organization like this where there are many owners. There's one chairman, but there are many owners when it comes to the Bears. And you don't know everyone's interest and everyone's goal financially might be a little different. I, I think it helps to have a, a point man like this who's been able to deal with with this at the highest but possible level. Now he's only concerned about the Bears. He's not the leader of the Big Ten that has a little bit of something that in every single team in the conference. But here's something that I, I think sometimes we don't take into account. So the McCaskey family owns the Bears. It's not just one person, right? right. We, right. It's, it's one family, but it's not just one person. And everyone has different goals. For example... What, what you want out of life, what you want out of your money may be different than what your sister or your brother wants out of their money. And I, I, I think it, it's very important to be able to have someone, a, a point person, who's able to explain, here's why we need to do this. Here's why you can trust me. Because you need to have trust, right? Right. What, the, here's how we're going to spend your money. This is why you have to invest a certain amount here in order to get a greater amount here. And I think if you don't trust that person, it's very difficult to get but that stuff done. Just imagine when you talk about trust and you talk about you know having earning money here so you can spend it here. This guy's coming into the Chicago Bears for the first time since the 40s that the Bears have had the first pick in the draft. It's just unbelievable the circumstances in which Kevin is walking into that building. They're trying to put pl- – Plans in place to build a new stadium in Arlington Park, which is enormous. When you think about what, you know, us, uh, you know, for me that grew up in Chicago mm-hmm. and where the Bears have played and what ultimately they can play in, I've been in every new stadium built in the NFL in the last 35 years, but I've never been a part of the Bears where they had the first pick in the draft. Right. So you talk about trust. I mean, it's it's the trust that he's going to have to have in in Ryan and his staff is going to be enormous. And, and we'll hit the football part of it after the break. But when it comes to the stadium, it's not just that you need to build a, a stadium now that is as modern as any in the NFL. It's having the foresight to say, okay, how do we build a stadium that is lasting, that is able to adapt as times change? You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not because when they built, when they rebuilt. Soldier Field. It wasn't a stadium that was built with the future in mind. And these are the big decisions that have to be made going forward because you're not going to have this opportunity. You have one shot. Right. 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 So you got to do it right from that standpoint. And you also have one shot when it comes to the draft this year. How do you maximize it? We'll discuss next. Zach Zaidman, Tom Thayer. In for Molly and Ha until 10 o'clock on the score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Listening to Zach Zaidman and Tom Thayer on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. We'll be joined by the Athletics' Kevin Fishbane coming up at 745 to talk about uh, all the latest stuff happening at Hallis Hall. The press conference to introduce Kevin Warren takes place tomorrow morning at Hallis Hall. And he's got a big job to do. I, I think the biggest job is spearheading the stadium project for right, him right initially but the bears as a football team also have a big job they've got the the first pick of the draft for the first time since 1947 and, and tom let's talk a little bit a- about that pick because i've been saying all along that all i want ryan poles to do i don't want the announcement, and he, he said this the other day, and people focused on he'd have to be blown away in order not to take a quarterback. But I don't want to ignore quarterback. I want an in-depth dive into every quarterback available in the draft before you decide that you're not going to take one because you're never going to be in this position. They haven't been in this position since 1947. So the reality is, they will never be in this posi- in this position for a very long time where you have an opportunity without giving anything up to take a franchise-altering quarterback. And I know that sounds funny to a lot of people because there's this thinking that, hey, we've got one in Justin Fields. But I'm greedy. If you can do better, you should do better. Can you do better based on some of the quarterbacks that are available? Yeah, but in that decision that Ryan Poles has to make, he can't only listen to himself. He has to have in-depth meetings with Luke Getze and the quarterback coach to get a better understanding of Justin. You know, so when we would sit in meetings as an offensive line, Dick Stanfeld, who was one of the greatest offensive line coaches in the history of football, no matter what kind of football, and if he would answer ask you a question, you had to answer it immediately. And that was a reflection of how well you knew what you were going to go out there and do on the football field by the way you answered the question. If there was other any hesitancy, he would say, stop, you know, I, you're, you're already wrong because you can't be thinking. And so if Ryan Poles wants to get a better understanding of where Justin's at in his career and how much further he has to go before it, he's going to develop into what we expect him to, it's going to be about understanding – um, his presence in the meeting, 
how quickly he understands questions? Is he confused by some of the information that you're feeding him over a period of time? And so this is not just a Ryan Poles' you know, solution to the first pick in the draft. This is getting to understand your coaches and how, how they feel about the development mentally of Justin Fields. Physically, he has nothing to prove to me. He's tough. He's got a strong arm. He's dedicated to practices, getting out there early and staying late. Everything, his conditioning, everything I've seen out of Justin in those terms, he's got a he's got a passing grade. But I need to know how he's filtering information, and I need to hear that because to me, Zach, I don't I don't want the first pick in the draft. I want four picks, and so where no matter where they can I can I trade that first pick for three picks in the top 45 plus one for next year. Um, and if I'm convinced that Justin is my quarterback, I'm just looking how to wheel and deal. Because when you look at that roster at the end of the season, they need multiple players. This is not that one guy is going to come in here and be the savior of this football team. If you think there's a quarterback out there that is going to get this thing turned around. Because a quarterback you bring in this year is going to have the same – learning challenges that Justin has and this is the first year in Luke Getze's system for Justin and it'll be the same year in the system if you brought in a new quarterback with number one and then you didn't have another pick until what 56 yeah how do you how do you drum up a market in order to get the picks that you're talking about. People just assume, oh, the Bears have the number one overall pick, and all these teams are looking to jump up and, and, and trade for it. What's the market? Who- so, so, uh, so, all right, I'm, I'm Ryan Poles, and you're the Indianapolis Colts. Just to start getting some f- information being fed out there, I go to the Chris Ballard. Hey, Chris, you mm-hmm. Chicago Bear employee. Congratulations. Your quarterback selections the last couple of years has been awful. You've wasted money. You've wasted a team that could possibly go deep into the playoffs by some of these silly choices you made at quarterback. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the first pick in the draft. I'm going to take yours, even though it's you know what is it the fourth pick the fourth, or whatever. Yeah. And I and then but but by the way, I want your second rounder and your third rounder, and I want next year's second rounder. You get the first pick in the draft, and now do you want to go out and hire Sean Payton? Then now you say, okay, Sean, I tell you what, we we got the first pick in the draft. We'll let you pick your quarterback of the future. Come and coach for the Indianapolis Colts. You got a great facility, uh, both practice facility and game facility. And then, excuse me, and then you start developing that conversation. Now other teams get wind of it. Wow, they're going out and make this offer to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, so I'm just saying, how do you drum up business? You got to float it out there a little bit and see if there's a team out there that has multiple pick interest for the Bears. So all I'm asking, because there's this there's this notion in this city that there is no way you will find a better quarterback than Justin Fields in this draft. And that's okay if you feel that way, if it's true. Because, man, you don't want to have the same mistake again that you made in 2017, where you had an opportunity to draft a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson, and you didn't. You traded up. You picked Mitchell Trubisky, and look at how that set you back. Is there a quarterback out there that 
initially has the reputation of possibly being one of those guys, a Mahomes or a Josh or Jalen Hurts. Is there a guy out there? Did did anyone talk about Patrick Mahomes that way back in 2017? No. Now, people said that Deshaun Watson, you could not do anything well, more than Deshaun Watson did as a college player. You could right. not have a better resume. The Bears still passed up. Well, the thing about it, Patrick Mahomes had a better reputation than Mitchell Trubisky because of his inexperience in the numbers that Mahomes was putting up in college. So, yeah, he he didn't have the major marquee that Deshaun Watson did coming from Clemson, having 99 plays against Alabama and winning the game at the end and was it as, as tough at the end as he was at the beginning. So I don't think there's quarterbacks yet in this draft. And, and I know that you're all over the Alabama kid, but Bryce Young, yeah. when you're talking about 5'10", 185, I, I I can't, you know, you look at Kyler Murray in the last couple of years, I have a hard time, you know, saying that this is my bona fide number one, and you're not going to ever play football with a supporting cast like you have in Alabama. The one thing everyone tells you about Justin Fields, and that goes, we heard it last week from the big boss at Alice Hall in, in Ryan Poles. You guys have talked about it on the radio all the time throughout games. It's undeniable. Justin Fields has talked about it. His offensive coordinator, his coach has talked about it. He needs to become better as a passer. Right. Now, if you're passing up a guy who could potentially be a great passer in the hopes that just surrounding Justin Fields with some more weapons will make Fields a a tremendous passer. Who is it? It's not my job to figure I know, it out. But, 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 but at the end of a college career, if there was that guy that was such a standout um, above and beyond everybody else, we'd be hearing about it. And then he would pique my interest. Right now, there's not, you know, you, you think, you know, you brought up a name earlier, Milton, the quarterback for Tennessee. Yeah. He has got the strongest arm that I've seen out of a quarterback in a long time. And I remember, again, I mentioned earlier, I played with Doug Williams in the USFL. Mm -hmm. He had one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. Throw balls 80 yards at the drop of a hat. And so now, can you convert that arm strength into arm arm talent? You know, that's, that's the things you have to pay attention to. If there was a bona fide superstar right now in this draft, that's all we'd be talking about. If Bryce Young was Justin Fields' height, there is no debate. He's a better quarterback. The The concern is that he's not, that he's short and he's not a Frail. stocky guy. So I understand the concern. But, man, if he ends up being, and you've heard the comparisons to Drew Brees, if he ends up being the next Drew Brees, and you passed up on that, and you had an opportunity to take that guy. Well, you can compare Justin Fields to Jalen Hurts then. From what Jalen Hurts has been able to accomplish after leaving Alabama, going to Oklahoma, then coming aboard in the NFL, and developing a, a passing game to complement his running ability, you know, that's what we want to see out of Justin. We want Justin to be the next Jalen. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it's just – what does he have to work on and how can he improve the game himself? And it's all up to him. You know, it's all how Justin in, is able to ingest the information that he's learning from Luke Getze and know it as good or better than Luke Getze. And that's, you know, that's got to be Justin's commitment as much as the Bears want to commit to him. All right. We talk football next with 
Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for The Athletic. What does he want to hear from Kevin Warren at his introductory press conference and tomorrow at And who does he think Hallis the best Hall. quarterback is? And why hasn't Justin Fields come close to being the passer he was at Ohio State? All those questions and more next on The Score. You're listening to Zach Zaidman and Tom Thayer on Sports Radio 670 The Score, an Odyssey station. We're in for Mully and Haw this morning until 10 o'clock on The Score. Alongside Tom Thayer, Zach Saban with you talking a lot of Bears. Tomorrow is the introductory press conference of the new team president, Kevin Warren. And I'm interested in hearing from Kevin what he wants to hear from Kevin Warren. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think it's... Uh, it's easy to say, oh, you know, this this looks like a, a home run hire. And it does just because of the resume. The resume is fantastic. Kevin Warren has worked with the Rams, the Lions, the Vikings. He spearheaded uh, a stadium project in Minnesota. The Vikings have one of the nicest stadiums in professional sports in the world. Yep. That's how beautiful U.S. Bank Stadium is. And the Bears have a football team that is positioned to be able to really do some nice things this offseason. You have the number one overall pick. got a lot of money to spend when it comes to cap flexibility. And according to some people, you have an answer at quarterback. Either way, you have someone that you can build around at the quarterback position. So I'm interested in hearing what Kevin Warren has to say. And let's find out about the people that will be in that room asking Kevin Warren questions and joining us now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for The Athletic. Good morning, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's start right off the bat. What do you want to hear from Kevin Warren tomorrow? Good morning, Zach. Great to be on with you guys. Um, you know, I, I think one quick, simple thing, I'd, I'd want to know why he, he wanted to be a part of the Bears organization. Why was this something that he sought out? You know, certainly, you know, we all know some of the challenges, but some of the successes he's had in the Big Ten. It seems like everybody who knew him at the college level knew at some point he was coming back to the NFL. So why now? Why the Chicago Bears organization? What appealed to him? And then the next thing, you know, I think there might be questions about the stadium, Zach, but I'm not sure how detailed he can get. You know, he just obviously just got the job. But what's his vision? What is his vision for this team and this organization, and, and how does he go about getting that done? Because I think any CEO of any company, they're going to want to come in and, and make sure everything is run efficiently. So how does he go about doing that, and kind of what is he thinking for when he gets started in April uh, for putting this plan forward? Kev, do you think the close proximity of the Big Ten offices helped him gain the interest from the bears and have interest in the bears. Um, and do you, you know, do you expect that to be part of his answers that he's, he's been in the surrounding territory and he's been able to either listen to the shows or read about them and knows a little bit more about the bears than maybe he would if the, his central office was in New York or LA for that matter. 
Yeah, it's a great point, Tom. I, I, I'm sure that that has something to do with it, that he just had a little bit of familiarity with the organization. Um, and certainly being with the Vikings for 15 years, uh, being with the Lions early in the, his career, the St. Louis Rams, he's been a Midwest guy. Um, so I'm sure he knows what the Bears are all about. Um, and then, yeah, being Big Ten, you think, too, you know, this might be somebody that has a lot of respect for, you know, historic organizations, right? You know, you think Big Ten, you think about how uh, much the Big Ten matters and how much has mattered for over a century. Uh, and, and then to be in this, to be, you know, living in the city and, and to know that the charter franchise at the NFL is down the street and happens to need a president and CEO, uh, I, I'm sure that that was a, a factor in his decision. You know, you're, you're thinking immediately following the conclusion of the Minnesota game, you know, what was going through your head? Because I was thinking immediately that the most important guy in Chicago sports over the next four months is Ryan Poles. Do you think Kevin's hire takes a little pressure off of Ryan Poles, or does it increase the pressure on Ryan Poles given the draft position? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it probably it might increase it a little bit. You know, I think it, it might it certainly changes the dynamic. You know, now, the fact that Kevin Warren is starting – you know, reportedly in mid-April, you know, the Bears said this spring, uh, you know, I'm not sure what role or how much communications they're going to be. I'm sure they're going to be talking um, when Ryan Poles gets into free agency, which is kind of step one of this whole process. And, you know, by mid-April, Ryan Poles and the rest of his staff are going to have quite the plan, you would assume, for what they want to do with that number one pick. Or, or at least have a few options of, of what they're hoping to do um, at that spot. Heck, they could have already had that pick traded by the time Kevin Warren starts too. So a lot of those things can be in play. But I think it's true that you know you look at what is ahead for Ryan Poles this offseason. Um, you know, Kevin Warren, I think it's it, it's so much also for him more about the long term, right? You know, you, you think about a president and CEO. There is so much ahead for Kevin Warren. We've all seen it, guys. GMs don't get a whole lot of swings at this thing. And, and, and you certainly don't expect uh, more than one opportunity at the number one pick uh, in the draft. So for Ryan and having the cap space they have. So for Ryan Poles, this is a critical offseason to, to start building the foundation that, that he wants uh, a consistent winner. For Kevin Warren, a lot of this stuff, I mean, he's, he's going to probably outlast a few GMs and head coaches potentially in his role. Uh, we certainly saw the previous president outlast a lot of them. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of the interesting dynamic of those two spots. But you're right. Once, once clock hit zero uh, last Sunday, it was, you know, Ryan Poles is on the clock for the Chicago Bears and, and trying to put them in position to be a consistent winner. Talking Bears with Kevin Fishbane, who covers the team for The Athletic here on the Mully and Haw Show. Zach Zaidman, Tom Thayer filling in on this Monday. So with the number one pick, we heard the question asked last week to polls, and it was, do you consider quarterback? And he said, uh, he's looking at Justin Fields right now, and it would take something that would have to blow him away to go in that direction. Well, you've watched every snap that Justin Fields has taken as a professional. You saw how proficient a passer he was at Ohio State. So two questions. One, why hasn't he come close to being that kind of a passer at the NFL level? And then, do you worry that he may never become that type of passer? 
Yeah, it, it's such an interesting case, Zach. You know, and you think about other Ohio State quarterbacks, right? I mean, that is an offense that he's the best receivers in the game, an incredible scheme, um, and, you know, certainly highlighted what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace saw in Justin Fields, something that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have echoed, that he's got a great deep ball. And, and he had guys flying open. He had the time to hit him at Ohio State, and he was very accurate there. Um, and, and certainly things change when he comes to the NFL. He goes from maybe the best receiving core in the country to one of the worst, if not the worst receiving core in the league. Um, he comes from having uh, a, a great scheme that he's comfortable with with Ryan Day to having three different play callers in two seasons. When you think about Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, and, and then now Luke Getze, two separate playbooks. Um, and, and one of the worst offensive lines in back-to-back seasons in terms of pass protection. And then having to adjust to NFL defenses that are certainly going to be way more complex uh, than he saw from college. So it, it's, it's a combination of so many things. Uh, and it's certainly he's not the first great college quarterback to come into the NFL and have struggles. And then the flip side of that, Zach, is you, you also have a guy who wasn't a runner in college and now has become the best running quarterback in football. So, you know, and, and then so now moving forward, you know, I think we saw and like I always I always want to be careful because I don't want to say that Justin Fields is Mitch Trubisky because they're certainly different quarterbacks. But we saw with Mitch Trubisky that he was just never able to get to the level when it came to uh, being able to kind of dice up defenses that Matt Nagy wanted and that Matt Nagy was hoping he could get to. Um, can Justin Fields get there? I don't know. But I think we've also seen around the NFL that you can build offenses around really, really talented athletes, really, really talented throwers um, that can help mitigate some of those challenges that other quarterbacks might have. So if uh, Justin Fields might not get to the proficiency of the Joe Burrows and Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes, and that's obviously a high bar, that could be okay if he's got a much better group of receivers and a better offensive line and the fact that he can run and the fact that maybe you can have an offense that is designed to help. You guys were watching San Francisco on Saturday. Uh, you saw what the, Kyle Shanahan sets up for a Brock Purdy, and then you give I give Brock Purdy a ton of credit. I mean, he made some big time throws. Um, but you know the time, but the amount of guys that are open, the creativity in those plays. I think Justin Fields would kill to have those opportunities. And at times, we saw Luke Getz's offense set that up for him. I think you think about the New England game. Certainly, you think about the Detroit and Miami games when he was running. He was also getting set up for some really impressive passes. The Green Bay game. I think when the offensive line was at its best, when the Packers were here, you saw Justin Fields connect on a couple deep throws. So. You know, this is a big season to learn a lot more about him, um, and, and I think you get a lot more. You get him to improve individually. You get the players around him to improve. You get more continuity for him in the scheme, and you can you can get a better sense of the type of quarterback he can be in this league. Kevin, is it a 50-50 responsibility between Luke Etsy and Justin Fields to improve together? Do you think that Luke Etsy has to change some of his physical? philosophical thinking now that he knows what type of uh, athlete and quarterback he has in the meeting room with Justin or where do you think that relationship has to evolve to? Yeah, Tom, it, it's interesting because, you know, you would think that Luke Getze 
should have the type of playbook to fit any passer, right? So if Justin Fields shows up in in April and then in, in you know for the start of the offseason training program and then OTAs and training camp, and Luke Getzey sees a difference in him and he's he's reading defenses differently and, and he's more accurate with his throws, maybe Luke Getzey's able to open up the playbook a little bit more. Maybe a playbook kind of similar to what we saw at the start of the season that the, the offense struggled with. Um, but either way, he's now seen what this offense looks like. He had four games in a row of 29 points. What was working in that in that little month? You, you can build off that as well. So I do think that there is a shared responsibility here. Justin Fields said he wants to improve, needs to improve. Ryan Pohl said it. Luke Getze has said it. And then Getze himself can have a, a, just a bigger bulk of plays that he can go to um, that can help Fields. And I also think that Getze should have hopefully more plays when he's working with a different offensive line and different wide receivers that, that, that the Fields can trust. And all those things, if they come together in the right way, then you have a lot more flexibility, a lot more options with this offense. All right, on the way out here, Kevin, give me the list of areas in order that Ryan Poles is looking to fix this offseason. Well, it, I'd start with the trenches, and, and I, if you'll allow me, Zach, I'll include both lines in yeah. that. I think he has to. I, I think that the defensive line was the worst pass rushing unit in, in football, and I don't think it was close. Um, and the offensive line, I don't know how many long-term starters you have. Maybe two with Braxton Jones and Tampa Jenkins. That's best-case scenario. You have two guys that are going to be here for the next five, ten years. Um, but I don't even know if you can confidently say that. So you have to bolster those lines. Um, and then you need dynamic players at the other positions of premium positions, which is wide receiver and corner. Right? You think about the athletes the speed, the guys who can change a game, whether it's a cornerback who's making an interception or shutting down a receiver, or if it's a wide receiver making a big play, you got to find guys who were just potential game changers at those spots. Because, you know, I like Darnell Mooney a lot, guys. I think Darnell Mooney is fantastic for this team and can be a very, very good player. I'm not sure Darnell Mooney is scaring a lot of opposing defensive coordinators. Certainly Chase Claypool wasn't doing that in his brief time here doesn't mean that he can't doesn't mean Darnell Mooney can't but you got to find guys that can really make defensive coordinators think and really make them frustrated and on the other side of the ball you know, I think we saw the respect Jalen Johnson got from quarterbacks earlier earlier in the season can you find another guy who can do that can you find another guy opposite him that can compliment him and can join Kyler Gordon and you're obviously hoping Kyler Gordon improves a lot with that year two bump but I think those premium spots once you go outside the trenches you got to find more dynamic players for those positions. Kev, we only have time for a yes-no answer. So with the first pick in the draft, the Chicago Bears, are they holding on to that pick or do they move that pick? I think they move it, Tom. All I right. think you have too many needs. Very good. There better be a market for that pick. That's the whole key. There's always a market for the first pick in the NFL draft. All right. Kevin, thank, thank you, you so Kevin. much. Appreciate the time. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Kevin Fishbane, who who covers the Bears for the Athletics, spending some time with us, really knowledgeable. I always yeah. feel like I'm a little yeah. smarter after talking yeah. to Kevin on the score. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to get your reaction to some of the stuff that he was talking about because you start in the trenches. I mean, how much can you realistically add this offseason to really improve your football team? Significantly. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Zach Saban. Significantly where we discuss next on the score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.